Welcome to Identity Church Sunday Morning Message, where sonship is revealed. Stay tuned at the end of this message to receive more information about resources available through Identity Church. Now grab your Bible, sit back, and enjoy a message from Identity Church that is already in progress. But I want to just introduce to you, and I want to welcome Jason Kyle Thank you. So I would like the phone numbers for the three, in case you get out of line, that I can I can talk to them. You got it, Mom? All right, all right. So. You know, I, I want to thank you all. Um, you know, as much as I come here to, to impart information for you and, and wisdom for you, you know, coming up and doing this also gives me a lot and uh, helps me continue to grow. And so I appreciate the, the opportunity coming for those of you that came yesterday as well. Um, you know, it's part of the growth as well to continue to, to give out um, and, you know, test yourself. It's, it's easy to write things down on paper and have these great ideas and to talk to my dad about it. And that's another when he says, hey, come and, and share. Um, you know, and we make a joke, you know, that, uh, you know, he's taught me everything that I know. Um, and today I actually changed the scripture verses that I'm going to use a couple days ago. And then when I shared it with him, he's like, man, I, I used the same verses like four weeks ago. And I said, well, one of two things probably happened. One is they didn't hear you and they need it again, or you did such a bad job delivering the message that I got to come up and, and, and pick up where you, where you do it. But, you know, but I think, you know, <laughs> But I'll say there, we have a saying. One of my one of my advisors um, in my in my doctoral program talks about we stand on the shoulders of giants. Um, you know, when I the, the the work I study, the research that I do, you're always building something new uh, off of those that have gone before you. And for me, standing here, I get to stand on your shoulders. You know, and I appreciate it you know, to entrust me to, to talk to your, your congregation. Um, it's important. And I thank you. All right. All right. So, <clears throat> you know, I'm usually, I'm usually a very rational person. I don't get emotional. Um, they are there. And uh, that's one of the things for me. And, and he said he was going to stretch me today. And this is one of the things that does stretch me. And, you know, I hope I can uh, impart with you and, and help you and, and, one of the things I always work on is I do not want to tell you what you should believe. As an educator, I think a great educator does not tell people what they should know and what they should believe, but provide you the skills and the resources and the tools to find out those things for yourself. And as Billy said, for, and my mission is to help you become your authentic self. Uh, and to be the best version of who you are, um, and to learn how to learn, and to grow in yourself, to grow in the knowledge of God, and to be your best self. And, and my mission, really, that I have is to help individuals and organizations continually learn and transform themselves. And that's my goal today. 
uh, and what I would like to, to talk with you about, and, and it's really a continuation of what I talked about yesterday, uh, is being able to really critically reflect in those areas of your life that you want to continue to grow in. Why do you do what you do? Uh, and to make really good informed decisions that will help you live a prosperous life. Okay? Today's message is not about eternal life. It's about what happens when you do accept Jesus Christ. You already have eternal life. You can't have a better eternal life. You already have it. But what you can do is walk that out and have a better life here and now and to flourish today. So wherever you're starting, take that as your starting point and look at how can I continue to learn and get better? How can I continue to transform and live out and live out a fruitful life. And that's my goal. Okay. Um, you know, so I, you know, I have a couple of different arenas that I do work in. Um, I work in a bank, you know, I, I'm a manager of managers. So leadership is a very important thing to me um, from a practical standpoint for any one of you that has tried to create a vision and rally a group of people to accomplish that. Um, you know the challenges that come with leadership. Okay. Uh, so I also study this from an academic perspective. Um, I'm working towards a PhD. Uh, I'm almost finished with my coursework and then I'll work on my dissertation. Uh, but uh, leadership theory is a big part of, of my research. And there's a million theories of leadership that are out there. And so oftentimes I do have to write papers and research uh, and stand on the shoulders of those that have researched this. Um, and one of the common things that I get back from my professors is how I bring my practical experience to these theories uh, in, an, in an academic setting. You know, because I have, you know, both experienced that, whether it's, you know, here and managing the lighting store, you know, transitioning and working uh, in, in the bank and leading my team. Uh, we're in the middle of huge transitions right now. And how do I help transform my group? Um, I work with the YMCA and with youth development and leadership and try to um, bring about something new there. And, and so I've had these experiences. I've had great successes where I feel great about the work that me and my team have done and the influence that I've been able to have. I've also experienced when I've poured into people and they've walked away and rejected me. And if you've ever been, spent any time in leadership, you're going to experience that. And it's hard for people to, someone to learn that and gain that type of knowledge if the only thing they know about leadership is what they read in a book. Right? So what I want to talk to you today about is the ways of knowing. Right? Um, and in John 17, verse 3... Uh, Jesus' uh, high uh, priestly prayer. He's getting ready to be rejected and eventually be crucified. And he prays the prayer to, to the Father. And in verse 3, it says, This is eternal life, that they may know you and your son, Jesus Christ. Right? So Jesus was talking about the work that he was getting ready to do that was going to allow people to know God in a new way through his death through his blood, right? And that's eternal life. I'm not talking about that knowledge of God. What I want to talk about is what happens 
after that. What we live out and walk out every single day. And one of the challenges that I see is that we, we get stuck in that initial knowing. The, the knowing of God that gives us the eternal life. And I think that's just the beginning of our knowledge. And there is an aspect that we do have to walk out and work on and continue to develop so we can be effective in that. Okay? And so if you can turn to Second Peter, I don't know how many of you bring a Bible uh, or you wait for it to be on electronic. Um, but Second Peter chapter 1. And to me, this was interesting because, and this is all around knowing God and the different ways of knowing. So Jesus in, in John 17 was preparing and realizing that, you know, he's ready to fulfill his work on earth, which is his crucifixion. And he prays to God that they may know you. Okay. Peter in chapter in second uh, Peter, well, he's in a Roman prison. He knows that his time has come and he's getting ready to be crucified himself. And this, and um, he's writing to the Christians and he's saying the same thing. I want you to know God in a more powerful way. Okay. So I'll start with uh, verse two and says, may the grace and peace be multiplied in you to you in the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 3, his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted uh, to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. And this is where I want us to really focus on. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control, self-control with steadfastness, steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. Here's the key. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to make your calling and election sure. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. So what I want to focus on is learning how to continually learn and develop these practices. Okay, we want to talk about gaining the knowledge of God and we think eternal life. And once you accept Jesus Christ, you have it. You can't gain any more of it. You already have it. Okay? But how fruitful you are and how effective you are in this life 
comes through your ability to supplement that initial knowledge of God in your faith, to walk out and to be more effective. Okay. I really want to look at this as not as if you don't do these things, you're not going to be effective. Switch it to a positive. If you do these things, if you practice these things, you will be more effective. Okay. And that will increase your knowledge of God and our, your level of effectiveness in your life. Okay. And I think we do a good job in the church of telling you what those things are. Where we struggle is how do you practice them and how do you get better at them? And I think we have an opportunity as a church to become disciplined and learning how to practice those spiritual activities, just whatever you want to call them, that will allow us to gain more knowledge of God, okay, to become more effective in our life here and now, and ultimately to flourish, okay? And that's a big part. And, and for me as an educator, uh, it's all about development, okay? If any of you um, learned how to play an instrument, played a sport growing up, um, or went into the education field, there's this aspect of practice and over and over and continually that allows you to get better at what you do. And there's multiple forms of learning and knowledge that you can gain. And think about, you know, those that are at a professional level. Okay. How disciplined are they to get that good at it? And we can ask ourselves, with our own practice as a Christian in our relationship with God, how disciplined are we to keep getting better and better at walking that out? Right? I related at work. I, I work in a bank, and so we have bankers. And there's skills that you have for customer experience, um, for marketing and outreach. Okay? And what I ask is, how good are you perfecting your craft? Okay, getting good at what you're doing. Or do you come in each day and your pre-plan is I'm going to wing it today. I'll just kind of come in and whatever happens, whatever happens. Right? In sports, we have the same thing. We have those that they don't really practice a lot and they think they can just turn it on during game day. Right. So in everything in life, there is this level of practice and discipline that goes into it. Very rare. And for most. Yeah. Yeah. And and if we are going to be lights to other people. Right. How much better is it that if we are being effective in our in our own relationships with God and our spiritual practices that we can then impart that to other people. It's going to be very hard in my opinion for us to be the light. If things are in disarray, if we cannot demonstrate a flourishing life here on earth, you know, and I think we miss the boat when we become so eternally focused that we forget about the abilities that we have to flourish here and now. Okay, 
Grace gives you eternal life. But there is a lot beyond that that we leave on the table because we're not willing to put in the practice. We're not willing to work it out. Okay? Baptism of innocence is is a great example. Grace has already been given. But unless you understand and can internalize that with grace comes innocence, and you can't work that out, you can't feel that inside yourself and go through the emotions and get it. I mean, for me, it was more of a, a headspace that, okay, I get it that you're saved by grace through faith, but I don't feel innocent. And so therefore, I don't act innocent. I still have shame and all the stuff that goes on, and I've got to work that out. And we forget that part. Okay? And so in education, in workplace learning, and uh, whatever skill it is, it could be baseball, it could be leadership, it could be your job, it could be parenting. There are practices and ways that you can continually get better. And there's not just one way. And over the years, working with my teams, even in my own activities, I've developed a process that allows us to experience and focus on the multiple dimensions that allow us to get better and to know more. And I'm going to challenge us to look at this process and look at these different ways of knowing and apply that to our Christian life. Right. Um, earlier, earlier this year, I got to present at an academic conference, and the conference was on uh, self-directed learning. It's an adult uh, learning theory that you know, says that as we grow as adults, we continually want to become more autonomous and to have control over our lives, and that we learn how to take control of our own learning. And there's various processes that we put in place. And I used one of my own uh, stretch assignments, and I developed my own process on how I could best use this experience to get better. And what I did is I worked, I had developed a pilot program where we hired veterans into an, uh, an apprenticeship program, and it was all across the eastern United States uh, within, within work. And it was great to use that as, an, as, a, as a learning opportunity, but I wanted to make sure that I was going to get the most out of it. And so I put a learning plan in place, and I developed a process, and it took time to really put all this together. I mean, I'd work with, with people to put plans and put learning plans and development plans in place, and then I really started practicing this with myself and knowing that this was part of my doctoral program, so I pulled everything I could And at the end, I was able to explain how I had used this in life, uh, in real life, to continually to develop better as a leader. And I presented this uh, at a conference, and I look at it, and I'm like, man, how, how much could we do that with our Christian walk? And so we can know God better, right? And when you think about getting better at something, what do we typically do is First, we have to identify that we have a need. Okay. Number two is we identify, okay, what are different ways that I can get better at this? What are resources that I have that I can learn from? 
Thirdly is, okay, what are different activities I can do that can help me learn about this? And then lastly is how do I evaluate what I was learning? All right, and you can put all these things together. And, and what I would challenge you with is what is it in your Christian life? What are those areas? What are these practices that, that Peter talks about that will allow you to develop better and to lead a more fruitful and more effective life in your knowledge of God? Right? So I came up with the process that I think is important, that it, it hits multiple dimensions of knowledge. Okay? Number one is rational knowledge. Right? So this is where our understanding of what information is. And so you have rational knowledge, right? This is logic, reason. Typically what happens when you read the scriptures, when you read a book, there's rational knowledge that you're, that you're gaining. Okay. It just makes sense. You also have experiential knowledge, right? From your senses. Okay. Think of, think of something that you've done and it's hard for you to explain the feeling that you have by doing it okay for instance i will never tell you what it's like to jam out on a guitar i can tell you i know you got to sit there and you got to hold it you do something with your hands up here and you do something with your hands down here right and if i read a book i could tell you what the movements should be. But until you feel it, until you experience the feeling of doing it, I know, right? Yeah. You know, so there's an experiential part that's important. And I see this all the time where, you know, a lot of people that I, that I do in, in my schoolwork, and we review all the theories of leadership and that they can quote every theory out there and explain what it is, but have never experienced it for themselves. Okay. With Luke, I could, might get close to explain how to hit, but I can never tell you what it's like to stand there against a major league pitcher. Intellectually, I'm pretty close because I, I, I played in college and I was a pitcher, so I, I probably know that a little bit better, right? But the domain that he was able to practice and experience that, I will never have that feeling. Okay? Same thing in our Christian lives. Okay? All of you can probably rattle off the different ways that you get to know God better. Okay? Prayer, Bible reading, worship, having accountability partners, okay? The question is, is have you really experienced it? Have you felt it inside of you? Okay. The third way, okay, so you have rational knowledge, logic, you have experiences that you go out and experience. And then the last part is reflection. Okay. It's to stop. Okay. And reflect on either what you had read, what you had thought about, 
or what you had experienced. And you learn how to make sense of that. Okay. And from my, what I've seen, and this is where my research is, is I think the best way that we expand our knowledge is that we, when we can take each part of those and you put it into a well-rounded plan and you say, okay, I'm going to read and I'm going to find ways that I can gain knowledge through rational understanding, through reading, through listening to sermons, through watching videos. There's all kinds of things. Okay. I also want to make sure that I have experiences in actually applying that. And then I need to take time and reflect to say, okay, what did I learn? What was that like? Is there something I should adjust? And when you put all three of those together, to me, there's something powerful because it gives you multiple dimensions of knowing. Okay. And I remember sitting there and I was, I was running this program and I was in the middle of it and I was making sure that I was taking and I was reading books. I would read one book a week on apprenticeship. And then every week I would also write in a journal of what did I read? What did I do that week? Whether it was, I had a conference call or I spoke one-on-one with an apprentice, I, I ran a meeting, what went on in that meeting. And then I said, okay, how can I put these two together? What, what overlapped? Sometimes what I read spoke to my experience and gave me the words to express what I experienced. Sometimes I would read and I'm like, okay, I've already experienced that. And I could tie those things together. And it was by reflecting on that, that I could put it all together. Okay. And I think these are the practices and the skills that we can do with our day-to-day life that Peter shows us here that says, if you practice these things, they will allow you to have a fruitful and effective knowledge of God and to live your best life now. Okay. So what are those things you could do? Let's look at, um, you know, reading. To me, the rational knowledge side of it. We get a lot of that through preaching. You come and you listen to the word. Okay. Hopefully you read your Bible. Right. You read what others' experiences are, and you're gaining knowledge through what they have experienced and what their ideas are. Okay. And then you go out and you actually apply those things to your life. I think, and and I guess maybe the ones that I'm most interested in is the reflective practices that we have. Journal writing, prayer, and the multiple ways that you can pray can add value. Okay. Also, a great way to reflect is to have discussions with other people, okay, and allows us to gain a deeper understanding and to challenge ourselves in the way that we're looking at it, okay? And when we put all those things together, we can continually grow and develop and be effective, right? I have, you know, I, I constantly look at myself, this is where my discipline comes in and, 
and all of that. And to really challenge myself in my quiet time and my reflections. And yesterday we, we had a, a session where we talked about perspective transformation and being able, and Billy mentioned it, of how to really assess how your beliefs are, are driving your actions and how you can make sure those are aligned to achieve what you're wanting to achieve. And last night we were talking, and one of the things I, I mentioned is, is that, you know, it, it's hard to do that because we're challenging ourselves. We don't do it that often. And I realized that there's, there's a vital aspect of prayer that if we are engaged in contemplative prayer and asking God, search our hearts, try us, and we're reflecting on how our, our, behavior, our behavior is, we will naturally challenge ourselves. Okay. And for me, I've done that part pretty well. I think maybe that's why I actually taught that because I see the value of it. Cause I continually, when I have my quiet time, I'm saying, okay, let me challenge myself. What are my behaviors? What are my actions? How can I do things better? What I also, what I missed though, was other aspects of prayer that don't naturally come natural to me. So I'm really good at challenging myself. What I don't naturally do well is pray for other people. And it was something that when I would sit there, I could say, oh, man, challenge. Okay, what am I thinking? What am I doing? Is that the best way to do it? Is there a better way to do it? And then when I go to pray for other people, it's like it lasts like two seconds and I move on to something else. And I realized that that, you know, there's a there's an important part of of doing that and you know it changes you it changes them it gives you you know a different heart and so i made a decision that okay i am going to work on this it's not a part that i'm comfortable with i don't do it very well um you know i had gotten feedback that there's times that i can be pretty sharp and if there's someone that has annoyed me like more in a work setting that if somebody has annoyed me, that I'm more critical. Um, and so I wanted to work on that. And, you know, I realized that, man, if I actually thought about and, and sent good vibes to that person and, and had this aspect of loving kindness towards them, that it would help me have a better disposition myself. And so I worked to practice that. Okay. And so I read up on it. Okay, and I read about it. And what are things and I developed this simple process that I could follow each day. And then I would do it, I would practice it. Okay, and then I would reflect on it. When I would go out into my branches or work with the with the people, I realized, okay, you know what? It was a better interaction. You know. And for me to take the time, A, number one, to realize that that's an area that was lacking in my own discipline to be a better person, you know, um, to take the time to research what are different ways, how do people do this, what is a best practice that can be shared with me, let me try it out, okay, does it work, and give myself enough time to work through that. And that's how I'm working to continue to better myself in my morning routines, to be a better person, to walk out my spiritual life, okay, 
to be a better person for others as well and to continually to grow and develop that. And, you know, all of us might have a different area that we need to work in. Some of you, there's probably your go-to way is to pray for other people. And that is like your, the easy one that's natural for you. It might be more difficult for you to be more reflective on yourself and ask, okay, what are the areas that I want to work on for me and my, and myself? That self-control, you know, can, do I need to manage my emotions better? Okay. Is it, you know, self-awareness? You know, a lot of times we struggle with even being aware. We talked yesterday about blind spots, right? Of being aware of ourselves. Okay. Uh, can it be time management? I mean, there's a lot of things that we can do in our lives that can continue to better ourselves. And we might need to look at, okay, what are some simple ways that we can put some practices in place to continually get better? You know, and, and again, I want to reiterate that I think we talk a lot to church and we hear messages of what we should do. But we limit our ability to do that by talking about what are ways that we can implement these in practice and to get better at those and to continually grow. I think we wait on the emotional part to get us motivated to do it. And we need to learn how to actually get some discipline and to put a plan in place and to practice it even through the tough times. And if we start simple, we start with easy things. We do that over time. We can slowly get to the more complicated things in our lives, the things that sting harder, that are harder to overcome. You know, and I think it, it's exciting for me to talk about because, you know, I've developed this focus. I mean, this is a passion of mine. I'm, I'm getting, you know, a terminal degree in learning. And so I'm very passionate about it. But I think part of that is because I've experienced it. You know, I've experienced my growth in my workplace. Uh, I mean, I'm experiencing it in the education world. I've experienced it in my spiritual life. You know, I think it's hard for someone to, and you could stand up here and if I've never experienced anything negative my, my, in my life, you know, and everything's great, it's hard for me to tell you that this stuff works. Okay. But you find people that have gone through a lot of things and they've overcome those. They've transformed themselves. And that gives us hope saying it is possible. And that's why I love watching any type of story or video or anything of how people have transformed their lives. And it's such an exciting thing to see. You know, so whatever it is, you know, in your personal life, in your social life with friends, families, in your work life, you know, we want to look at all of those things and say, okay, how can I live a flourishing life? What are the domains and areas that I want to work in that I can have a fruitful, productive, flourishing life? You know, and start with one thing. Put a plan in place and work on it. You know, I can tell you, I, I know what it's like to just struggle internally with, with life. You know, I, I, I know, you know, some of you might know the stories. My dad usually says that every once in a while. But, you know, talking about drug addiction, you know, not knowing, you know, where I'm going to go. What is, what is my purpose? What is my passion? You know, trying to find those things out. And it's, you know, 
it's important for us to figure that out, you know, and developing processes, developing skills that allow us to do that empowers us and gives us hope. Okay. And I think more than ever, we need that as a church to not just tell people what they need to do, but to give a path to show the way, you know, and I believe that Christian education, just like we complain about the education system that's out there and how it's not teaching kids how to become fruitful adults, we have the same issues in church. We have the same issues in our spiritual lives because we tell kids what to know, but we don't teach them how to learn, how to think critically, how to handle their emotions when things don't go their way. But yet we expect them to leave school and to not get the promotion, to struggle with their bills, and we just tell them, handle it. Okay, We need to learn how to develop the ability to continually grow, to grow in our knowledge of God. And it's not by standing up and reading a scripture and saying, have virtue. You know, have knowledge. That sounds great. How the frick do I do it? (laughs) 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 And that's important. And we need that. We need those of you who have gone through the struggles to say it is possible. Okay. I, um, Jerome and your wife, we, we had a conversation uh, when I first walked in and, you know, I stand up here and you look at, okay, I've done all this. I'm, I'm, you know, saying all this stuff. Everything's great. The reality is, is I know what it's like to want the next hit, to be in shambles and not know what I'm doing. I was a freshman in college. I was playing baseball at a community, at a community college. And my world was unraveling. And I remember it was a a long weekend and I was the first one back and nobody else was with me. And I had a rock. And I, I couldn't wait for somebody else to come to be cool and smoke it with me. And I smoked it by myself. Okay. I'm a freshman in college playing baseball. And I applied for a job at Burger King because I was done. Okay, and to fight and wrestle. I remember sitting, they were going somewhere, and they stopped at my rest stop, and I met them, and we talked. You know, and so that's that experiential part of why I'm passionate about we can develop, we can grow. Okay, there is a way, okay, and it doesn't matter. You can be saved. You can have eternal life, but you might not be fruitful in this life, but there is a way. Okay, if we can practice the disciplines and put these practices in place, we can move past that. We can continually grow. We can transform. We don't have to do it by ourselves. 
We have people that have done it before us, and we can stand on the shoulders of giants. We also have to be willing to put in the work. Okay? We, we talked about this before. Jesus did a lot for us. Okay? And we have salvation, and we have eternal life for that. Peter's telling us, continue to gain knowledge of God so you can be fruitful here on earth. And what that's going to take is you to put in the work, put in the practice. Be willing to do the hard things. But just know that there is a way out. There is a way to move forward and there is a way to continue to grow. Okay, And I'm going to challenge the leaders in the church to not just talk about what we should do, but to impart the practical ability of how to do it. That's what a coach does. That's what a leader does. It doesn't just tell you what to do, but it models the way and helps you put the practical processes in place on how to do it. I think that's what we need more than ever. Right? So I encourage you, and I hope this is helpful. Okay? And as my dad talked about, we're going to cut a show about 40 minutes. Okay, not bad. And I, I'm going to encourage you that if you, you know, you say, you know what, I, I recognize that I can be more fruitful. I can be more effective in my Christian walk, in my spiritual life. And I want to commit myself to putting these practices in place and to find a way to continually grow and get better and transform myself so I can be my authentic self and I can bring out what's inside here and allow that to come out. You can do it. You have the power within you, right? There is work that we have, have to do, okay? We have the ability to do it and you start where you're at, okay? You don't have to go to the most difficult thing in your life first. Learn the skill of how to learn, of how to develop, and keep working on it. You know, my dad, he, he tells a story. When he first became a Christian, he didn't read very well. And what did you commit to every day? One hour a day to learn how to read better so he could hear God through the scriptures. What is your one thing right now that you need to work on that can help you gain in your knowledge of God that can help you live a more fruitful spiritual life. It might be getting into the word and learning how to read the word. It might be prayer. It might be acts of kindness to others. That's for you to determine for your life, right? But I'm here to encourage you that whatever it is, there is a way to move forward. There is a way to live a fruitful life here and now and continue to grow in your knowledge of God. All right. Thank you. Here's my plan. Um, Miss Billy, can you come and play? And I want um, Andy and Kathy to come. And what I'm asking is, is an impartation. I don't believe that if I'm asking Andy and Kathy, I'm asking, I want Luke, you too, please. 
These people have published hundreds of books. Okay, 200. I was going to exaggerate evangelistically. Okay, they're, they're publishers or educators. J Jason is working on his PhD. You, you heard his story. You got a professional baseball player. There, there's something about the disciplines that people have had that have become successful. I know this lady is very disciplined because she helped me write my books and she still loves me. That's a gift. And what I'm asking God, I, I was laying in bed last night going, what is this going to look like tomorrow? And it was the Apostle Paul saying to Timothy, stir up the gift within you that you received by the laying on the hands of Presbytery. These are professionals standing here. And I'm asking Susie to come. She carries an impartable gift of faith. I want you to give what heaven has in the vaults of heaven with your name on it. That you can partner with to overcome weaknesses, struggles, inefficiencies that is not making you a professional in the area which God is saying is supposed to be. You that have struggled with, with addictions, Jason needs to lay hands on you. Susie needs to lay hands on you. She probably saved his life from me. I don't want to water it down and I want to cheapen it. Because if we do that, you won't value what it's taking to have what we have. I'm proud for him to be my son stand up there. I had a part to play. I don't give that away like that. So I want you to come. Come to this altar. Nathan, come. For a prayer. Others, come. Thank you for tuning in to today's message from Identity Church. To know more about us, go to identitychurch.net, where you'll find resources such as a calendar, media, and upcoming events. You may also download an app for your mobile device from the Apple App Store or Google Play. Then from your mobile device, you can hear our messages. Read from the Bible, take notes, connect with us on the social media, and even pay your tithe. Again, thank you for tuning in to today's message from Identity Church.